Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone! Hi, hello! Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Um, as you know, Tony Thaxton, producer extraordinaire, insists on playing drums in a quite famous rock band. So he is not here right now. So normally at the beginning of the show, I like to talk with him about the termite update. Uh, I'm gonna let you know what I have not officially brought in my guest yet. It's Jessica Chaffin. Did I say your last name you right? You absolutely did. Okay. I have not officially brought you in. And you'll know when you've been officially brought in because you'll hear a full-on intro. But I need someone I to... Be- it's not too, I hope it's not too... <laughs> my credits are only so long, so well. I've, I added other people's credits <laughs> oh, into good. your credits. Oh, good, okay. Yeah, so don't okay, you worry. I'll just keep quiet until then. Well, and, I'm not saying you have speak to speak to me directly. I, I have created such... I've I'm making you contort yourself in such a weird no. way at the beginning. I am. I'm happy I, to do you don't know what I'm You don't know what I'm expecting of you. I feel like you frightened. Just, no, I just feel like it's, we're just going to have fun. Yeah. So what I was going to say to your business, you have business to do. Take gonna, care of your business. So I was going to say to you, I was going to explain because you might not know. Yes. I was told that I needed, and I know this is disgusting, um, that I needed to tent this little studio for termites because I noticed there were some termite droppings. The one we're in at this very the, moment. This pod cabin, that's the official name of it. The except pod that cabin. Recently. I know you'd been trying out a few. Yeah, I had. Yeah, been. I think pod cabin's very cute. I yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I should I should give. But um, I'm sitting in a termite mound right now. Is what you're trying to tell me? Yes. I don't know. Feels that way. Does it feel unstable? No, like it, it might just all feels just come like I was just told you? that some, that a professional told you you needed to tent this place. That's what a professional and we're in said. It. Yeah, but he that was just based on the fact that I pointed out a few piles of termites, small, like less than a dime size, piles of termite droppings. So the thing is to tent it. You got to get everything out of it. I had to like vacate the premises for a few days. Yeah. And I said, I can't do that with two small kids, except that then later I, we did go on vacation and I thought, well, that was the time I could have done it. But, but that here, would require planning. It also would require $1,200 uh-huh. for this For place. this tiny space? That's right. It does look cool, though. It always looks like the circus comes to town yeah. when they do the I know. thing. I know. I always, every time I see it around the house, I'm like, oh, what happened? Like, and then it's like, oh, it's just a termite. Right. Tenting. It does seem like you, yeah. you should see an elephant trunk, like, leaning out from under yeah. it and picking up a peanut. I wonder where <laughs> they purchase the fun tents. Somebody must make them. Yeah. They There's must, some boy, termite tent guy. They're making bank, yeah. I bet. So anyway, I said... All that tarpaulin. <laughs> I said, I don't think... It is dangerous is that, for us to be in here. 
Well, I don't think, first of all, I don't think it's dangerous. Second of all, I don't think that we need to bring in the big guns yet. I'm just going to handle it myself. Oh, you're just going to wait till the walls fall off. Well, in the meantime. What do you mean handle it yourself? The termites are in the walls. No. How does a person handle you termites s- themselves? You spray. First, I sprayed now cleanser into the hole. Cleanser or like peppermint oil? No, fuck, fuck the essential oils. Okay, I sprayed. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, no, I know. Or what's that stuff called? Like boron? Oh, borax or borax? Yeah, or, yeah. I think that's for ants. Borax, but I yeah. think it it has boron in it or yeah. something. Um, but also, like, it's good for your wash. Uh, but anyway, that's borax. So then, oh, because I bought a is box. like an old fashioned soap, right? Is that not? I the believe same thing? boron are these. I and again, I probably got it wrong, but those white chalky sticks that you like, oh. that you, um, but they're for ants anyway. They probably don't work for term- termites. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll shut so it in the ants and termites, I mean, aren't, ants and termites are like squirrels and flying squirrels, aren't they? Are they? Well, termites look like ants with wings on them, don't they? They're bigger than that. But they're, they're in the ant family, yeah, don't you think? I, I feel like they, they should be. They make mounds just like ants. Yeah. They yeah. bother me intensely just like ants. Mm-hmm. I really hate ants. So how can you get rid of them yourself? So spray, you just spray, buy some insecticide, and then you just spray <laughs> it in the just wall. Put it, keep it in your kid's bedroom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I spray it directly <laughs> under my nostril. I just sprayed it into the hole. At the bottom, or like, not, there's not even a oh, hole. I just, there's not even a hole. Si- I just sprayed it under. How do they leave under. a dropping? What do you mean? Like, how do you know? Is there's... it a dropping or is it that they've burrowed through that wood and it's wood shavings? It's, yeah, it's a tiny little square wood pellet. Tiny though. Like, uh-huh. this, like, like a pinpoint size. It's like, looks like chunky dust. How did you even notice it then? Were there a lot of them? There was enough that I, cause I, cause I've, cause mm-hmm. I've seen it before. Maybe Isn't it's a there's somebody who listens to this podcast in Southern California who's a termite guy, and don't they want to email into the show? You know, and come over here and tent your podcast for I you have, and see the pod cabin. I have a long time listener. Is named that crazy? Demian. Maybe somebody's is, a contractor and they've got a termite guy. Yeah, but how Dem- do they feel about the twelve hundred dollar quote you got? Right, but here, but it's it's moot. Is what I'm saying. Oh, because you've already handled. it. I've handled it. <laughs> I DIY'd Until it. Until you haven't. Until this comes crumbling down. Anyway, yeah. you know, normally I talk about this with Tony. It doesn't come crumbling down. It takes years. It's not a thing that your walls don't crumble down. Well, you sound like someone who has termites. some termite experience. I'm just a person that has some experience. Okay. All right. Who's this person with experience, you say? <laughs> it's Jessica Chaffin. Actress. Or do you prefer actor? Oh, I don't care. Okay. She yeah. acts. She's, she's a comedian, Ish. writer, whose alter ego, Rona Glickman. And by the way, I was saying Rona before, but I've been... You didn't even actively correct me, but it's Rana, right? It is Rana. Okay. Rana Glickman first appeared in the long-running podcast, Rana and Beverly, which also was a TV show, and now and appears- And a stage show. And, and a stage a show. show. And a, yeah. That's right. All kinds and of shows. Now appears in the new and very hilarious podcast, which you have to go subscribe to right now, called Ask Rana, with someone that I love and whom my listeners love, Brian Safi, who you know of Throwing Shade. You've also been on tons of TV shows and movies. You've been on New Girl, Veep, Search Party, Zoe 101, Heat, Spy. That's yeah. just some of them. That's just all of them. <laughs> that might be all of there them. There might be one more, maybe one more that I <laughs> that I was on besides those. Did you also write for TV shows? I wrote, well, Ron and Beverly, we wrote that, mm-hmm. you know, so that went on for years kind of thing. Um, 
And then I had a writing job on Amy Poehler had a animated show called The Mighty Bee. Oh, cool. I wrote on the first season of that. And I once wrote an episode of Beverly Hills 90210, the um, reboot. That was the first thing I ever wrote. I loved I can barely remember what what it was about now. It was something about somebody's... All I remember is that Ryan O'Neal was in my episode. And I think that whoever played his son... Whoever played Ryan O'Neill's son um, was, I love that I can't remember this at all. I like, like meeting, I sh- the girl girlfriend was meeting the dad or something like that. I barely remember. Wait, which reboot? The one that just, the, the night Oh, no, not this new oh, one now. Okay. I bet it's amazing. Is it good? I, well, I did see Ian Zeering walking down the street really? the other day. Mm-hmm. And I definitely was just kind of laughing. Like it was sort of so funny to see. I've seen him in the wild once or twice, but to see him out in the wild walking in the street, because he was, had that walk as he was walking down the street where he just was waiting for someone <laughs> to notice it was him. Uh-huh. You know, like. Did he look open to it? Oh, yeah. He looked open to pretending it bothered him. Yes. Does I've that seen, make sense? It's 100%. Where you're like, oh, 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 hey, man. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Like that kind of like, oh, right. I'm caught off guard. Right. Except I'm just waiting for somebody yes. to catch me off guard. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. And it is Ian. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, yes. I watched the recent 90210. Was it fun? I liked it a lot. Yeah. I was surprised I how much I liked it. I bet it was a real it. guilty pleasure. It, I felt guilty and it, I, it brought me pleasure. Yeah. Um, I had see for- that. I had forgotten there was a, nine, a Beverly Hills 90210 reboot. When was that? Oh, God. I, like, I don't even... Like, when I first got to LA, a million years. Okay. You know, like, in 2000... I don't even know. Six, maybe? Or was that show? I don't even know. I was literally did, like, a freelance script. It was very, A friend of mine was running the show. Mm-hmm. They were very nice and, and had me in the room for a little while. And I did a freelance script for them. But I was never, like, an on-staff writer for them. Um, oh, it must have been 2010 because it was right when we went to Edinburgh. And you had just gotten to LA? No, no. Around then? I, I thought that, I think the reboot okay. was a few years before that. Got it. Um, but so I've got that timeline all wrong. But it was 2010 because we did Edinburgh in 2010. And it was, they, I believe, offered me a job on that show. And I said, oh, I can't. I'm going to go do Edinburgh. And how was Edinburgh that year? You go and you do your show for like a month there, you right? You do. Um, I love I love the city of Edinburgh. I loved Edinburgh. You have to say Edinburgh. Right. Get like Melbourne. Any other way? Oh, it's Melbourne. Melbourne. That's what I've heard. I've never been to Australia. No, nor have I. It's on fire um, right now. I know. These poor people. Uh, these poor koala bears and all the poisonous animals. You know, they have more poisonous creatures in Australia than like anywhere else on the planet. I didn't know that, but I just recently had a conversation about the spider problem there. Oh, you know, there's spiders that are like six feet across. Is that true? Yeah. I I think it's called a camel spider. That's, I don't, I don't. I'll, I'll take my and cleanser and my And all you have is these tiny little termites. No one in Australia would bat an eye at these termites. They truly wouldn't. But Edinburgh was fun. It's just very hard. It depends on like what time of day your show is. And you sort of think you'll go and you'll just make a splash. And we did great. But um, but you there are people that have been going for years. So there's people that have followings. Mm. And, you know, like it's a whole culture whole thing. Yeah. And I and we had amazing people that were helping us with our show. And 
I mean, I loved it. I would absolutely do it again. And I hope to do it again. But it is a long month because you only have I think we had one day, one day we didn't have a show. And it's just that's just a lot of performing. Did you have guests? It was Ron and Beverly, we right? Did. We had guests every night. And also I, um, for some reason, I could never get over the jet lag. Mm-hmm. And so our show was at like 5.45 or 4.45. And I would be exhausted. I'd finish the show. I would think I'm going to go home and go to bed. Like tonight I'm going to go to bed early and you'd go and I'd go home and I just could never get to sleep until like four in the morning. And then you'd sleep till like 11 and then you'd have to go eat some breakfast and then talk about the, what the show was going to be that next night. Cause we'd always do a new show and had new, you know, like a new storyline mm-hmm. and had new guests and stuff. And then it would just like groundhog day the next day. And then you'd occasionally see some pretty, cool stuff in between but you're pretty much retired yeah it sounds i feel tired but the city is beautiful very charming city where did you grow up boston massachusetts just outside newton massachusetts yeah um not to be confused with marblehead where Mm -hmm. ron is from just north of boston right correct (laughs) but my grandmother lived in marblehead um and so i would go there every weekend and then we had a house in marblehead um, which my grandparents had like two houses and we were, which they bought apparently during World War II when everybody thought the German U-boats were going to invade. I think they paid like $3,700 for two <laughs> houses or something. And um, and so I spent a ton of time there. And then when we did Ron and Bev, Jamie had grown up in Swampscott, which is right next to Marblehead. And they're kind of like, basically, they're tiny little places. Mm-hmm. So they're like one town. Um and so we had all those kind of references in common, mm-hmm. those very specific Boston Jewish, a very particular kind of woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And I just always like, and Marblehead is funny because it's a really waspy place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Greenwich, Connecticut, where you have like super huge mansion, some huge, super huge mansions. You actually have like all things in one place where you have tiny little houses that are kind of these colonial houses you have you have basically like the these yacht clubs and then you have the people that like take you in the skiff to your yacht you know (laughs) and then you have a weird jewish community inside of all of that so you have all these really waspy kind of rich fidelity money manager types and then there's this kind of like small but mighty jewish community Mm -hmm. and all those women are just such characters and it's such a specific accent and such a specific bravado, like that thing. Like Bo- Boston Jews and New York Jews are very different. And everyone always thinks they're like, oh, you're a New Yorker. And it's like, no, Boston, way different because it's such a small city. In New York, when they say, oh, you're a New Yorker, do they mean Jessica or Rana? Uh, they mean, are you a Jew? Uh, <laughs> Uh, like if you're in if if you are in London and they say, "Oh, you're so charming," or you know, "Are you from New York?" and you're like, "Oh, am I Jewish?" That's right. what you're asking. Like that's the way they say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's the way they politely ask if you're right. Jewish. Of like, are you a New Yorker? And you're like, but most people, I think, New York, the New York Jew stereotype is so um, strong, mm-hmm. and you know, but a Boston Jew, Boston is such a small. We we didn't have like large Jewish 
ghettos like all of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know, or Queens or whatever, and where you could be Jewish and live inside of a Jewish place. Right. You know, you it was so much smaller that you would just have like a tiny community surrounded by other communities or you were kind of mashed up around other communities. So in Boston, you sort of assimilated quicker. Mm-hmm. Like it just happened faster. My grandfather came when he was 16 and, you know, by the time he was whatever, by the time he passed, his kids had already like, you know, his, all of his kids went to Harvard and, you know, he just like got in there and kept moving mm-hmm. instead of it taking maybe a couple generations for that. To, you just had to like either thrive or. You right. Know, Was that your mom's mom or your dad's mom? No, my mom. Um, <laughs> I mean, dad, your mom's dad. My or your dad's, dad's dad. My dad's dad. My dad's dad. No, my so- mom converted. Did your dad go to Harvard? To Ju- Judaism. Um, yes, he did. Yeah. Did you go to Harvard? I did not. Um, so you had a super smart dad or have a super smart dad? I guess. Or, I mean, yeah, yes. My father is very, my father is very funny and very smart and very well read. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least like very into news papers, reads five papers a day or something like the three, probably three now. Um, and he loves the news and and politics and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, like all of those things, he went to, it was a different time. I mean, he was a super smart, I don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just mean like, it doesn't always mean, right? you know, people get into schools for different reasons. This but, is terrible. You'll have to cut. This is awful. He's a, <laughs> he's a super smart, lovely guy. Yes. Uh, and what's your mom like? My mother was a nurse. And so my grandparents, my parents met because my grandfather was very sick for many years and my mother was my grandfather's nurse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and what did, I'm getting, I'm getting all personal. I hope you're okay with that. What did you see? (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Uh, what, what was your grandfather sick with? Scleroderma. Oh, it's a horrible disease. Yeah. That's the, uh, Bob Saget has a foundation where the proceeds go to that. Because, oh, he does? Yes. Did he have a, a parent or something that had... It's either his... I think it was his sister. It's a horrible disease. It tur- It basically turns your organs to leather. Right. And it takes like 15 years to kill you. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things you don't die from. You die from like everything else as right. a result of it. Right. And so he was... Um, yeah. I mean, I only remember him from he died when i was 4 mm. and so i only remember him having had both of his legs amputated and oh my God. from like diabetes and like you know basically looking like a corpse right but um he but he still had a a good twinkle in his eye um, and he was a very dapper guy so it was i think probably not only i mean who wants to get that kind of a disease but i think it's probably hard to go from being a fairly vain person to, you know, being like having your whole, your physicality, ro- being robbed of your physicality or right. whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. How vain. Boo. <laughs> how vain how, am I? Yeah. How vain <laughs> of a person do you think you are? Uh, and I asked that it just, just because of what you're. In some ways I'm very vain. Okay. Um, I, am I vain? I care about my skin. I care about my hair, like having it, not meaning like going out in the world and having it look just so, mm-hmm. but I care about my hair color and I care about it being done the way I want it to be done. And I like stuff like that. 
Um, so I guess I would say I like, it's important to me to take care of myself, but I'm certainly not a person that like dresses for everything. I'm a pretty casual person and mm-hmm. I, so I don't think, but I, but it's funny. It, it's always funny to me when people talk about how like, oh, women do that for men or women do that for each other. And it's like, no, I just do only do all these things for myself. Mm-hmm. I really don't. It doesn't occur to me that people are looking at my face when they're talking to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> by, do. By that, like, have, have you, if I stop to think about that, I don't like to watch myself on screen, but if I stop to think about the fact that people were looking at my face when they talked to me, I would never leave the house. What about if you're going on an audition or something? Are you able to still maintain that um, confidence, for lack of a better word? Meaning like the physical confidence? Yeah, like, do you get insecure about how you look or how you're coming off? Um, I'm never going to be the prettiest person. You know what I mean? Like, that's not ever going to be the thing that somebody wants me for in this world, mm-hmm. which I'm completely fine with. Like, I mean, I, I don't think I'm a dog, but I, I you know, <laughs> you're, no, I think you're very no, attractive. Truly, thank you. I'm a, but I mean, like, I, what can I, look, this is what I am. I've mm-hmm. got, this is what, I don't look that different than I looked when I was seven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there are people that <laughs> don't look anything like they ever, I have not vastly changed in any way. Right. And I'm fine with this. In a weird way, being a comedian has made me much more comfortable with my physicality because you can't let any of that stuff ever get in the way of your comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, of course, people do, but that's not interesting to me. Like, it's more important to me to be funny and do something funny than it is to look good doing it. Mm-hmm. But of course, if I have an audition, I'm going to do my makeup and, you know, if I feel like I need to get a blowout, I get a blowout. But um, yeah, probably I could have cared more about my appearance earlier in my career and maybe I would have had a different and more fruitful career in some way if I was more concerned with how attractive, uh, you know, like in some ways, why not? You just kind of take it, like get it out of the way, if that (laughs) that makes any sense, like where you're like, okay, you're attractive, great. And oh, wow, you're so funny too. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, maybe I've made it difficult for myself in some ways by not like losing the extra 20 pounds and just kind of trying to look more perfect, but that doesn't feel totally authentic to Mm -hmm. who I am. Yeah. I wonder about that stuff all the time. Like, I think you can make, I think, I mean, people make themselves crazy over that stuff and I just kind of don't want to live that way. Mm -hmm. But I, for sure, I mean, like... I'm just laughing because, I mean, I for sure will, if I've just had my hair done, come home and be like, the first thing I'll say is like, you haven't even mentioned how great my hair looks. You know, like I <laughs> like I definitely love to have my hair done and I like nice things and I, lo- I used to love makeup, you know. Now I'm much more utilitarian. I care about my skin being like in good shape. That's very important mm-hmm. to me. But I'm not like experimenting with makeup all the time. I just right. love makeup. But to that end, um, I feel very you- self-conscious because my skin's a little dry today. Your skin looks... So I'm in here talking about how great my skin is, but I noticed it was flaking a little bit. I don't I, see I any flaking. Well, I was going to ask you're too far away from me. I need to tell you guys about one of my very favorite companies. I sleep on their sheets, Brooklinen. That's right. Right now on my bed, I have my blue and white striped Brooklyn and sheets. 
when it's time to change my sheets, I just take them off. I wash them. I put them back on. It's ridiculous that I don't own more than this. And in fact, right after I finish telling you about this, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing and I'm going to go buy more Brooklyn and sheets. And I think you should do the same. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. And what better time than the new year to care for yourself? You spend a third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? Uh, and uh, Tony cut out this part where I just I'm like... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the thing about Brooklinen is they were founded by a husband and wife team who stayed in a hotel. They loved the sheets. As they were checking out, they asked, where can we get sheets like this? And then they uh, sourced them and found out that it would be like, I don't know, something insane, like thousands of dollars. And they thought, what? There's got to be a way to uh, get sheets that are this good quality, that hold up this well, that are this comfortable without paying an arm and a leg. And so they created Brooklinen. And now that is what they offer you. Uh, luxury products without the luxury markup. And so they started with sheets, but now they also offer towels, shower curtains, bath mats, and they even launched ultra soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left your bed. Uh, why am I not wearing this right now? You guys, I'm doing this wrong. Like softness, comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh in the new year. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping on the all new sheet when you use promo code best friend only at Brooklinen.com. That's Brooklinen, B R O. O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to make your most comfortable life. I need to tell you guys about Honey. Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And you know how great it feels to save, but how does that feel to save with Honey? It feels like you aren't wasting money. The Honey is this free uh, extension that works in the background. You just It's super easy to install on, your, install on your browser. And then wherever you're shopping, you know, at the end when they're like, do you have a promo code? And then in the past, pre-Honey, if you're me, you're like, uh, no, but maybe I can Google one. And then you pull up a page that has a bunch of codes and you type in a whole bunch of them and none of them work. And the whole thing is tedious and laborious. And you think, ugh. There's got to be a better way. There is, you guys. It's called Honey. Uh, it like pops up in the corner and it's like, shall we try? Here, we're going to try our 99. I'm exaggerating, but we're going to try our codes. And then you watch it put in all these different codes that it has. And then it saves you money. It also tells you, like, especially on Amazon, I find this the most useful. It'll say this is the best price or, uh, you know, we've noticed price fluctuation. It's just great. Uh, it's And it's completely free. Uh, I've saved money. I t- save, just saved money on some birthday gifts for my kid. Uh, and they have found their over 18 million members over $2 billion in savings. Using Honey feels pretty great. Think of it as a little daily victory. Plus, it's free to use and installs in just a few seconds. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Allison. That's joinhoney.com slash Allison. Joinhoney.com slash Allison. To that end, what do you do skincare-wise? I am a b- huge believer in Harold Lancer. Oh, I've and, heard in the Lancer system. This person, mm-hmm. and I, I actually don't do a ton. I think it's honestly just about being consistent and using the right products. You have great skin. You must take. You don't go to bed with makeup on. I don't. I am actually. You've caught me in between cleansers. I'm in a bad way right now. Really? I had a sponsor on the show. 
Beauty by Design. And I got hooked on their stuff like two years ago. I really liked it. There was a special scrub that had little knobbies in it. Uh-huh. Um, and I was concerned that it was going to be drying, but it wasn't. It was like a, it was called like a brightening. It was number 187. They all had numbers. Okay. Um, and I kept buying more and more and more of it. And then suddenly I went, went to business. go get, yeah. They say they're relaunching in 2020 no. and um, leave your email no, and they will. bankruptcy. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't where are they? Sp- but where are they located? LA. I have half mine just drive down to their, yeah. their uh, address. And you've looked online for any like yes. back stock? I, yes. Have you emailed them and said, do you have any back yes. stock? No, I didn't say back. I didn't use the word back stock. You I should have back stock. I emailed them. I t- you can, the whole thing with them is like, no, you have an esthetician. I'm not, I don't want to, oh. sh- I don't want to say anything negative about them. Because Who keeps they- track of your, like your esthetician talks to you about your skin? Yeah. She wants to check in and see how you're liking your products. And so I texted but her. you've never met her. No. Yeah. Her name is Hillary, Hillary Clark. Or is it? Yeah. So I texted her. The avatar's her. name is Hillary right. Clark. I texted her and I got an in immediate, immediately I got an auto reply saying, you know, we're relaunching in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to you then or whatever. Good luck with your face. That so, to me sounds like it was business partners who broke up and they're trying to figure out the business and then, but in the meanwhile, they've, they've interrupted production. Yeah. And I was like, I sent an email to customer. I sent a few emails to customer service. There's nobody answering them. I finally got one back saying, we're sorry. We don't, I was like, when are you coming back? Is there any way I can buy a product? Um, and they're like, we don't know. And no, there's no way. Sorry. But, you my could only buy from like, them direct. Yeah. yeah. My thing was like, who? Because I, I guarantee there's not someone in a lab coat making it in LA. Like, where are you getting it from? Can you just send me there? I didn't ask that though. But I did find the CEO on LinkedIn. Ooh. Should I LinkedIn email him? I'd never use LinkedIn. Absolutely. I feel like it feels crazy. But also, why? He'll be flattered. Yeah. You you're loved right. his product so much that you're you right. want it. The real thing is, though, they're in some kind of, they're bankrupt or in arbitration or they broke up as business partners. Right. So he's either the guy that got to keep the business and he'll be happy to write you back. But the answer is there's no answers. The business is over right now. I know. They're hoping that it That's comes why back. I just want them to be like, yeah. How did we- they become your sponsor? Why can't you talk to those people? Or was it just like an ad buy of some kind? Yeah. It was like, the, it was my, the people. It the- does sound like you've taken this pretty far. <laughs> No, no, but I feel like I haven't taken it far enough. I oh, haven't no. called anyone on the actual. You think phone. I, I would have? Ta- I'll take it to the ends of the earth if it's something I'm looking for. So I fully support this quest. I was very. I was like, so what did you gosh, replace them with? When did you I run have, out of this stuff? Like, t- like two weeks ago. Oh, you just ran out. Yeah, <gasps> this is hard. It's so I have now tried because I I'm like, and what was the so what was the method with them? Exfoliation. What else? They also had a brightening serum. And they had a moisturizer. I just became really hooked on the cleanser. Because okay. I've got other things that I use for the other things. But the cleanser, I just really liked it. It, I just liked it. So, so when would you, what, tell me when you use the cleanser. Would you wipe your makeup off first with something else and then use the cleanser? No, I would remove you put my eye makeup. Okay. And then I would wash my face with this stuff. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. Every morning and every morning night. Morning and night. And it was exfoliating you every morning and every night? It must have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it had little... foam? 
Or was it more no, like a No, it was gel. more like a gel that had microbeads in it. But uh-huh. I hesitate to say microbeads because I, I don't think it was the ones that are bad for the for environment. The ocean, but it might have been. But we'll just say they weren't. I've no, I've, they just seemed like so they, tiny. They, that they couldn't hurt anybody. I don't think they were silicone <laughs> beads. They were just—they so were little. ground up bones. They I don't know what they were. Just little, and then they just were gone. And That's, I don't they know just what evaporate. <laughs> I ate. I think they were sugar. I don't know. So anyway, I do think sugar was an ingredient. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh, could have been a sugar. Squirt. Much like frozen yogurt, mm, gone the way of. Well, no, much like frozen yogurt, where one of three companies makes all the frozen yogurt in the world, or something like that. There's got to be comparable products out there. Of course there are. So I am trying to find So one. you want to say to this person, who's your distributor, or is there another comparable product that you recommend? But this guy- oh, that's good. Because I've just, on my own, I've been buying You can ones. ask all these questions. The truth is, whoever these people are, are going through something right now in I'm, their business and in their life. My face is going through and something. They, I know, but they're like- we don't have any answers. What do you want? Yeah, I know. But I want I want I number want 187. Say, uh, could you point me to the lab? That's what I need to do. Yeah. But anyway, all of that was a long way of saying I have some zits right now. My skin is not oh, looking its best. Oh, I think your best. skin looks very nice. Thank you. What do you do with But what your are you skin? using for cleanser instead then? Oh. Okay, so I bought an Aveeno bright like radiant cleanser, but then I broke out in a couple of spots and then I now I've just gone back to my Clinique, which I was using okay. before and I feel like it ins- it was like a pair of old shoes for my face. Mm. Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, this was working well for me." Yeah. But it was a little bit drying. I don't know. I don't know. I Drying we don't need in the middle of the winter, I'll tell you that much. We don't. We don't. But I have this thing where my skin is dry but acne prone. I understand. Are you using another exfoliating product now that you've gotten rid of the cleanser or no? Do you have a scrub that you're using? You're using a cleanser and a scrub now? I used Exfolicate. Okay, what's Uh, that? It's Kate Somerville. Oh, yeah. Uh... I used that in the shower once and I don't think it did anything good for my skin. And I recent I just bought another brush head for the Clarisonic face brush. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. So exfoliating is very important. Okay. So, but it's something that you don't want to overdo. Right. Because you don't want to, you don't want your skin to get red or raw or anything like that. But you really kind of have to, at least this is Lancer's theory. Okay is that you really need to be exfoliating every day, mm. which you were doing was. with this gentle cleanser, 157. Yeah. 187. 187. Oh, 187. Yeah. Oh, like that's the, isn't that um, the cop code for a drive-by shooting, a 187? Oh, is it? Yeah. It feels right. From Dr. Dre, 187 yeah. in the... On the my cheeks. Motherfucking, anyway. Yeah. Um, it either means a drive-by shooting or just a, or, or just a shooting. Okay. Um, that's the cop code. But anyway, uh, so you have to exfoliate because there's dead skin on your face and it also prepares your face mm-hmm. to accept the serums and things that you're using. So your skin may be dry or it may just be that it's been two weeks and you haven't been exfoliating mm-hmm. um, consistently. And so now you just have some like buildup, right. basically. It feels dull. So I, <laughs> I exfoliate every day. And then with I what? with Lancer sensitive uh, scrub, scrub mm-hmm. sensitive polish, it's called. And then after you use that, you use their cleanser. And then if you're just going to take it three steps, then you put on their sensitive nourish is what it's called. I'm a very big fan of their moisturizer because it is 
it feels like an old fashioned moisturizer in the sense that it's kind of like light, but watery. And when you put it on, it feels like it soaks into mm. your face in the way that you want moisturizer to, but it never makes me break out. I want to feel like I can put more moisturizer yeah. on if I want more moisturizer. Whereas some moisturizers are so thick and oily, they have to be heated up before you use them or right. you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. Like I haven't cream. had a lot of success. Some people are with dry skin can use face oil. I have not had a lot of success with that. It makes sense to make me break out. Um, but the other th- way that you're exfoliating is you're using either a retinol mm. or a um, basically like a basic retinol and a vitamin C. And those go on before your nourish. You do those. I do those from time to time. Now, does Dr. Lancer... He prescribes that, yes, or he sells that. So I use his 10% glycolic. Oh, that's like a pretty strong one, it sounds like. Mm, I think 10, well, he wants it to be strong enough that it makes your skin get a little red. Okay. Because then you know it's like working. Uh But they tell you to use that stuff, that, and then there's another one that you alternate. Mm -hmm. They tell you to use that every day. I don't do that because especially if I have to put on makeup for an audition or something, my skin like today... uh, my skin is a little, it's not exactly dry. It's more that I exfoliated it and I didn't a get a chance to do everything to it I needed to do. So it's looking a little flaky. Have you seen the actual man? Oh like, yeah. Oh, so you go to him. Dr. L. Harold. Absolutely. You go to him. The wizard behind the curtain. Wow. I do. Because he, <clears throat> a woman at Nordstrom. He's a character, but I love him. Was really trying to, to li- quite literally sell me on his products. Yeah. So to me, he's just, some guy that has a brand. Somewhere. Yes. Yeah. But he's your actual. No, he's a real character. He's Canadian. He's my dermatologist. He is. There I said it. There I said it. You could, but also you could absolutely go to him. Um, but you have very nice skin. You could try the three-step Lancer system for a little while and see if you liked it. But it sounds like you have other things that you like. What's your moisturizer that you use? Get this. Get this, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> Sarah V. or Sarah V. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's, that stuff's great. I, I use bought their, it at CVS. I use their body lotion, yeah. which I love because also it comes in a tub and you, that body lotion and you can just kind of slather that on. Right. Yeah. I, the one, you know, I was using this one on my face and then I looked at it and I thought, am I putting body lotion on my face? Because that makes me very uncomfortable. But I think no, this is for face. That. This is for face or body. Yes, they have a. Oh, well, I don't think they have a body product and they have a face product. Okay. I think. What? If yours comes in like a normal size tube, then it's a face one. No, it can't. Honestly, it comes, comes in the giant jar too. It's not a jar. It's got a pump, but it's like kind of a big bottle that has a pump. I feel like that's okay. Okay. Uh, I do have various other moisturizers that I will try from time to time. Mm-hmm. I'm um, not, see, I don't mix it up. Yeah, no, I think it's bad to mix it up. People mix, people like to mix it up and try the new thing. I don't, all these I podcasts. I found what works and I yeah. stick with that. that that's how I am. And then I'll mix in otherwise a I'll few get other things. So there's like a, a La Mer intensive moisturizing mask mm-hmm. that I love. And that's something I'll bring on a plane with me. It comes in a tube. I don't know why it's a mask instead of a moisturizer because right. it, it comes in a tube. But it is. I love that. Um, I'll use that when I need an extra like something. Mm-hmm. I have an Amorovitsa one that I use sometimes. But I'm not doing like 10 masks every week or right. I'm just being consistent with what I'm supposed to do. I'll nice. never go to bed without taking off my makeup. And the other thing I use to take off my makeup is Bioderma, which I've used for years and is amazing and perfect. What is it? It is a micellar or micellar oh. water, however you say that. 
micellar water. <laughs> That's um, how I say You it. can get it on Amazon and you can get the one that has like a pump top if you mm-hmm. get the giant one. And it's just a very simple, um, non-irritating water that takes all make. Uh, so I'll do first, um, uh, you know, use cotton but probably like six cotton mm-hmm. pads just to get absolutely everything off. And then I'll clean after that. And you use that to take your eye makeup off too? I do. Okay. It's very non ear I hate when you do an eye makeup remover and your eyes Sting. burn. That's what's been, that's been happening worst. to me lately. It's what eye makeup remover are you using? Well, I've been using the same. Defenicils, Lancome. Oh, that's no, no. I mean, I mean, BOs, whatever it's called. By Bi- Basil or something. Yeah, no, bi- I have, I have uh, that one, but I use. Chlorine. Clinique rinse off eye makeup solvent, which is just in the it's in the blue bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been using it for a hundred years. Yeah, but just lately my eyes have really been stinging. Probably bad air allergies, that kind of stuff. But I've never had. I would pour this other stuff right in my eyeball if I needed to. Like it's so gentle. I'm gonna have to buy this. It's one of those. I first discovered it at like the French pharmacy. It's mm, one of those. Got but now it. they sell it here everywhere. I'm going to have to buy this. It's Bioderma, B-I-O-D-E-R-M-A. And they come in different colors. You want the pink one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I would have bought another color. We could color. talk about this forever. I know. I, I love could. talking about skin. I'm very... But I do get facial, a lot of facials. I've literally never had a facial. Oh. I need to get one. Well, let's but- get... Let's get this. But you have beautiful... You do have beautiful skin. Thank you. As I'm sure you've been told. You have a real... Did you ever play Snow White at Disneyland? <laughs> I wish I could. Don't say you yes. wish that you? I mean, did everyone, anyone ever tell you you looked like Kevin Costner's first wife? No, Cindy Costner. I've she never, I never. I don't even know what she looks she like. She was Snow White at Disneyland. That, this is such a compliment. Yeah. Thank you very, very. No, you much. have that. You have that alabaster. I need to timeless get a, beauty. I need. To, thank you. I need to get a facial though. One of these days. I just. I, I've it, got Brian hooked now on my place. I go to this place, the Face Place in Los Angeles. Face Place. I'm where, writing this where down. I will only see Tony. Only see Tony. Though everybody's great. You could see anybody, but I only see Tony. Then I only see Tony. Yes. Tony only. Tony, that's my policy. Um, that's the, the and if they say try to put you with anyone else, just hang up. Right. That's the and pro- then call right back and use a different voice and try to book with Tony after that. The production <laughs> policy of this show is Tony only. Oh, too. Tony Except only. I do have um, Tony's friend Pete filling in on the group shows while Tony's out of town. But oh. aside from Pete, we're Tony. Than- Tony only. Tony only asterisks occasionally. Except for Pete. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something all of us can agree on. Nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in medicine and healthcare are pretty awesome. I'd say like 99.9%. I'm not going to name names. There's a few I've met who I don't think they're awesome, but the vast majority are awesome. And all of us can think of a time when a medical professional helped us or a family member. That part is true. But let's get back to the ones that I feel like maybe aren't that awesome. I feel like they still deserve to work in comfortable, flexible scrubs that have the appropriate number of pockets. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Fix. Fix is an amazing company that is making scrubs stylish and functional for the people who deserve it most. For years, nurses, doctors, dentists, and other awesome medical professionals were forced to wear scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs. Not only were they ugly and uncomfortable, but they weren't designed with innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools. Fix creates the highest quality medical 
medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best, feel their best, and perform at their best every day. And Figs scrubs are infused with antimicrobial properties to control odors. They're ridiculously soft. They're moisture wicking, and they feature four-way stretch. And they don't only have stuff for medical professionals. Um, they also have like really great hoodies and coats. And I almost bought a lab coat. Then I realized I don't need one, but I want one. So I still might get one. Um, what I'm saying is, even if you don't work in medicine, check out Figs. But especially if you work in medicine, check out Figs. So whether you are one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say thanks to these deserving folks, Figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase by using my code BESTFRIEND. Get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S dot com. Again, that's wearfigs, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S dot com and enter my code BESTFRIEND at checkout. I have so again, I was I almost got a lab coat, but I got one of their hoodies, and I love it. It's so comfortable, and I think I could perform surgery in it. I don't know if I should say that. I'm just kidding, Tony. It's clear I'm just kidding, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to speak. I think you are. Okay. I've been gone so long. I know. And now suddenly I'm back in the I middle know. of an ad. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Wearfigs.com code best friend at checkout. So, your childhood. Oh, boy. You had a nurse mom. I did. You had a father who read a lot of papers. He still does. Uh, well, he was. He went from five to three, sounds like. Yeah. What was your childhood like? Idyllic. Perfect. No, really? No. Um, there are six children in my family. Wow. I am the fifth of six children. And I had a good time. I mean... I think that's a pretty good place to be born in a family mm -hmm. if you're going to come into a big family because you never know a time when there weren't a lot of people around. Right. I think the older kids have a harder time with like more babies and more, you know, I'm another person and another person and, uh, you know, and I just always like, I'm very comfortable in a room full of people because mm -hmm. I was born into a room full of people. So right. that doesn't scare me in any way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think being shy was an option. You know, it just doesn't. What's <laughs> so funny? The idea of being shy is hilarious to me. <laughs> like, it, it is funny because people are like, how do you do that? How do you just go talk? Like, you just get up and talk, and you're like, you're like a NASA scientist. Like, <laughs> right, who cares? That? How do I make a fool of myself? And like, the only thing you have to get past is like regretting saying something stupid, which everybody does anyway. So I don't know. Now what? You know, like, you can't worry about that. Do you... Uh, it's funny that people think that's like a t skill. I think And because, of course it is because it's terrifying to mm -hmm. most people. Right. But, you know, when you come into a room where there's, you know, a million other people, you're like, that's what you do is talk to a room full of people. When did you... Every time you talk. When did you realize you wanted to perform? Honestly, I, I, it's probably the only thing I ever wanted to do and thought I would do. I, I can't remember a time I didn't think I was... <laughs> When I was like five, I would be, I was like, I'm going to be an actress, and, but I'm going to go to college so I have something to fall back on. And then I'll probably produce movies too. <laughs> and, and I only know that because, well, I know that because I know it like in my bones that I'm like, oh yeah, I for sure said that. Which by the way, <laughs> like one tenth of those things have come true. But the, um, <laughs> but the, um, we, I have a very good friend who's basically like a godmother and the story of our relationship is they live in England 
And my dad did a lot of business overseas. And one summer they like brought their kids for to Maine for like a summer holiday. And so we hung out with them for two weeks or whatever it was. And I was five or six at the time. And I, she and I were like hanging out talking about like movies and because when you're little in an older family and then the kids are other kids are older you just do what everyone else is mm-hmm. doing so it's not like a regular five-year-old you know you're watching whatever movies the first movie I ever saw was Private Benjamin you know like truly <laughs> right. my mother went out of town and my father wanted to go see Private Benjamin and so he just brought all of us to mm-hmm. Private Benjamin, you know, and I was probably like, you know, three or four, like, right. but I remember that experience. And so she and I were like talking about movies and she's a, she's a huge, um, she was an English teacher, but she's just like a huge lover of the theater and she was on the Olivier panel, which is kind of like their Tonys. And she's just like this most amazing person and wonderful friend. And when I turned 18 and was graduating from high school, my mother, for my graduation gift, said, I'm going to send you over to London to stay with them. And she's going to take you to like the theater and stuff. And I was sort of nervous about that, but very excited. And England was always this kind of magical place I wanted to visit. And I have to say it never once has disappointed me. It is my favorite place in the world. I probably go there four times a year. Uh, now I, I mean to see them, but I also just, my favorite thing is like to be in London and go to the theater and just walk around that city. And I, that it's like completely my pace. I like everything about it. And the parks are beautiful and everyone there has such a, like being an actor or a comedian or a writer is is such a legitimate, deeply in their bones thing. You know, they're storytellers Mm -hmm. that's like in their blood. And so I'm sure they would have all kinds of things to say about government subsidies and how they could be better and blah, blah, blah. But it's those programs are absolutely a priority for that culture and that government. And I just think it's so cool. Like that's such very on their vibe. That's such a nice, thoughtful graduation gift that your mom gave you. I know. She was the best. Yeah. Did you feel like she got you? <sighs> yes. Um, my mother was like my best friend until I was like 12, probably, or 13. And then she wasn't not my best friend, but you know, whatever, you're in you're a teenager, mm-hmm. so you're an idiot, or she's, or various things are happening in the home that, you know, like you just, that kind of bond that you have mm-hmm. when you're a child is a little different when you start to separate. Yeah. Um, but I don't think she was crazy about this as a choice for my profession. Um, oh. I think that, I don't think, I know neither of my parents were. Um, I think they felt like I could do anything in the world and that I was very smart and capable. And so why would I choose something that was so uncertain and, mm-hmm. and was in other people's Control. hands? Yeah. Um, but I think uh, as more towards the end, she really, I think she more came around on that stuff and, and probably respected that I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of getting me as a person, I feel like um, she and I are very similar, wired in very similar ways. And actually, that's my mom passed away eight years ago, which I can't even believe it's that long, but like basically last week. 
um, or this month. And she, I think that's one of the things that makes me saddest when I, and I think about her all the time and Mm. I think about it, but it makes me sad that we, that I didn't have, I mean, look, I was lucky that I had her as long as I did, but that I don't get to be a grown up woman, uh, with her Mm -hmm. for longer, you know, like that we didn't get to go back to the, we did it. I mean, we did, but that I didn't get to have it for longer. for longer. Like that we didn't, that I don't get to call her up and like gossip with her or ask her opinion on things, but that I feel like she was in some ways a misunderstood person by various people mm-hmm. in her life. And a lot of that just had to do with like being a mom to six children. Like that's your, you know, you're giving and giving and giving right. in so many ways. But I feel like I completely understood how she was wired and that when you get to, I guess when you get to be the age that a mom is, that you have a different opinion of your mom, if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense. So like I'm mom age now. So then you're like, you're so much more forgiving about certain, I mean, you're just people like, how does anybody do anything and not screw it up? It's unbelievable that like people don't raise axe murderers all the time <laughs> like i don't know i mean i know you have two small kids and they might be axe murderers no but like maybe sometimes you think about uh, may, maybe you're a very easygoing mom and you don't think too much about like which i think is the ideal where mm-hmm. you're like i don't know i'm just doing this thing and trying to make just good decisions for people and showing them how to be kind and by example and funny and like when the shit hits we'll deal with the shit yeah. but you know, I think I think it is interesting to get older because you're sort of like, oh yeah, but they're just people. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly things that I, growing up, was so upset about that now that I'm a parent, I see that you're like, what could they do? Or they're yeah, like, or they were under- like exhausted. Well, in both ways, I see that like, oh, that's or a- they were fucking selfish. Where you're like, oh, you're just an asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's the, <laughs> you know, like the expectation. Right. Is so it just change. It changes when when you're that age because then you realize that the the things that you were upset about are more understandable, and maybe you can forgive that. And then some of the things that didn't bother you, like I'm like I would never, as a parent, I would never do X Y Z. So yeah. I find myself getting upset about those things. Um, oh, so that you find that they revisit you. That that yes. That when you're making choices about things, you're like, how the fuck. T- did my parents send me to camp when I was five or like something? I mean, I don't yeah. know what, but I mean, well, I actually, so I host another podcast with Greg yes. Fitzsimmons called Who's Childish. A very funny man. He's great. Yeah. Uh, I and- really enjoy whenever I have seen him on stage, he's such a smart, quick, yeah. um, he's a really enjoyable presence. He has got a, a good mind and a sharp mind. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was just talking on that podcast a bit about, I, when my own kids misbehave, I am beginning to find it that can be very triggering because I think about how my parents would have reacted um, and they uh, – well, I say they, but really it was more my dad – just had had a temper and had rage. And uh-huh. so like it's a small thing, but um, – Yeah, which seems crazy. Yeah. I just don't understand how you can yell at a young kid. But people <clears throat> must still do it, right? Oh, they do. Like, have you seen, but I you don't. see, and, but it, but I think it's funny because our generation, I feel like people think they just would never do what their parents do. Yeah. And there's gotta be 
people fucking yelling at their kids all over yeah. the place. Yeah. We had someone write into the podcast, like defending spanking, which is like, what? I thought I, we didn't realize people do that anymore, really. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, but back to you. So, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'm not, it's not my favorite thing to talk about I myself, know. but I seem to be doing an okay job. I could just talk about skincare for the next 38 minutes. So, you decided <laughs> that, uh, you want to pursue or less decided you just it was my calling yeah it was your calling you answered the call no i actually tried to avoid it for the longest time um and always felt exactly how my parents programmed me to feel Mm. which was you can do other things why would you do this what were the other things you tried um i just always had a job Mm. i always had like a full-time job the idea that you would like wait tables and do acting which i actually think is very smart because you're not taking up i mean as long as you can find that balance but it's not taking up any of your like intellectual bandwidth right um so if you're writing your own material or writing a show or what you know what i mean it's great to be able to like go wait tables or bartend for five hours and then you know hopefully wake up the next day and have some time and work on your stuff like i think those jobs are great i always remember the story went that Tina Fey folded tiles at the Y. Mm. That was like what she did while she was doing Second City. Um, I don't think I ever felt like I had that kind of wiggle room with my family that I could just be like, yeah, I'm just going to get a job waiting tables. Like, I don't think that would have flown. Though looking back on it, it's like they never, they weren't paying for me as an adult. So it didn't have to fly. Like as long as it flew for me, then that's all that, you know, but obviously these critical voices are loud in our heads and stuff like that. So I worked uh, right out of college. I was a PA and then I worked at Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. and that was a great job, um, which I loved, but was, you know, I would really throw myself into whatever job I did. So I'd work like crazy hours and then I'd go to UCB. This was in New York and I'd go take my classes and do my shows and stuff. So I felt like, I guess... I felt like I could do that if I had a real job Mm -hmm. that I could somehow legit, like the other thing felt more legitimate. And then I was able to do the math in my mind and uh, permit myself to do it. And Rana Glickman was created in New York or LA? LA. So when, so did, were you, did you start getting parts and, um, and things in New York or was that more LA where that happened? More LA. So when, when and why did you move out here? I moved to work on a script with a friend of mine and I thought I would move just for like a few months. Um, and then nine 11 happened mm. and it was sort of New York became this place that was like, what are you going back to a little bit? Yeah. Um, looking back on it, I would have liked to have stayed in New York longer than I did. Um, but I just kind of stayed out here and tried to make that work. But there was not a big UC, there wasn't a UCB community really out here yet. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to wait a few years for that to kick in. Um, and then it did. And they opened the theater on Franklin, which was the great, is the greatest. I love that space. Um, and Rana and Bev was, they would sometimes do these like one-off shows um, over Christmas or you know, this or that. And Seth Morris was the artistic director of the theater at the time. And he wrote to me and said, Hey, are you going to be around over Christmas? I'm going to do a kosher Christmas show. And do you want to host it? And And he knew you from UCB. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he was like, do you want to host it? And then I'll get 
you know, I'll book it for you basically. And I was like, okay, sure. But I was nervous about that because I don't ever, it's funny, all the people I loved as a kid were standups mm-hmm. and that, you know, and SNL and, and standups and stuff, but I never have been a standup. Um, and I don't know, it's a, probably something I should have tried earlier in my life. Um, and so I was always nervous about like host that idea of being yourself. Right. I, I really like to be characters. I prefer to be a character, even if it's a pretty close approximation of my own brain or mind or thoughts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, he had already booked Jamie on that show. And so I was like, Hey, what if we did something together? And then we literally kind of over, you know, like within a few hours came up with this idea for Rana and Bev and, Oh, I want to be a person like this. Oh, I want to be a person like that. And then we just kind of did it. And from that first show just had really great chemistry and, and then it sort of grew from there for a while. It was, it was like a variety show that we hosted mm-hmm. where we had other comedians and we would kind of Statler and Waldorf them. So mm-hmm. we, they would come on. Mark Marin was one of our first guests and he would come on. He was in that first show and we were like, do you mind if we talk during your set? And he was like, no, that's funny. So he would doing some, he used to do this joke about having skin cancer and and having like a mole removed on his nose or something. And we would sort of say to each other, like, why? Well, well, so did you, you know, like, did you get a biopsy? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) well, you, you wouldn't just get a mole removed without a biopsy. Did he have a biopsy? You know what I mean? Like where, so he would have to kind of like write, respond to us. Um, And then Jeff Garland was like the missing link guest because he was coming to do the show one night and he, so then we would go up on stage kind of like an old fashioned variety show. Mm -hmm. We just talked to them for a few minutes, still standing by the mic when they had finished their act and kind of bat them around a little bit, you know, and Jeff was coming from a bat mitzvah, I think. uh, Mm -hmm. And he had on like a tux and he was like, do you, would you mind? I'm thinking I'm going to be late. Could we just do the part where you guys interview me mm-hmm. at the end? And so we kind of cut to the interview and that, and people really loved that. And so then, and when we kept getting the feedback of like, we want more of the characters, we want more mm-hmm. of the characters. So then it, we kind of flipped it where it was like we were hosting the show and then the, and then the interview uh, became, you know, then we would have the interview segments and stuff. And then how soon after did the podcast start? Oh, many years. Not many, but we did. 2000, what year do we start that podcast? Maybe 2011. Oh, something okay. like that. Um, because we did Edinburgh in 2010 and then we were going to London to do our, to do a month at the Soho theater and then to do our, um, pilot and then do our TV show. And we really wanted to keep our, thing alive. Um, and I had started to get into sort of into podcasting and listening to podcasts and actually Julie Klausner had started Mm -hmm. her podcast and she was an old pal from, you know, the world. And so she was like, just go buy a thing and do it. You know? So we, and I was like, yeah, I want to try this and it would be a good way to keep Ron and Bev going 
in LA or in America while we're spending so much time in London. Mm -hmm. And so we started that. Um, and I'm sure somebody's listening to this and is like, it was May 9th, 2009, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm getting the date wrong and all, yeah. and all of that, and it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that was kind of how it developed. It was like, how do we juggle both of these things? And, and I, and I loved, even just from the beginning, I loved the, it, we, it's funny, a funny thing about these characters or the character of Rana is that there's so many to me, to me, like. Rana's a real person mm-hmm. and in the same way that, you know, Dame Edna is a cat, you know, like, or, or I always say Oscar the Grouch, like it's, she's like a Muppet kind mm-hmm. of, but like, you don't, no one goes on Sesame street and is like, why is this guy in the trash can talking? It's like, you just accept the rules of the universe. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this is giving myself and Brian too much credit probably, but that connection, like when children go on Sesame street and a puppet talks to you about your feelings, that to me is kind of what we're doing on our podcast, Mm -hmm. which is like Rana is kind of this Uber matriarch and Brian is like the world's greatest, what, you know, just pure joy. Um, and so thoughtful. And so, um, I am always astonished by like how dialed in he is mm-hmm. with people, with other people's emotions and feelings. And, and like, you know, I could completely like, you get a lot of questions and you go do five of them in an episode or however many, and it would be completely understandable if on the third question, either of us were like, I don't know, you take, you know, like it actually takes a lot out of you to right. like think about, to give other people advice, but he's always so present and dialed in and fun. And so to me, it's kind of that Sesame street, magic of like though though actually we've been, <laughs> been getting some complaints lately that people didn't know rana wasn't real oh, and that really? they're really heartbroken oh. and that and that has always happened like from the beginning of time and to me it's the greatest compliment yeah. like literally there could be no greater compliment like i'm sorry you're writing to me with a broken heart and that you feel betrayed but what can i mean i don't know what to tell you i right. just like it is what it is but but yeah interesting but i was just saying that sorry. basically all these different the character can be applied in so many different mediums. And so it was cool to, the, the heart of the thing was always the stage show. And then the heart of the, the thing sort of became the podcast mm-hmm. as you could reach more people. And it's just that connection with the audience. We used to do advice stuff on Rana and Bev and I always just loved, I was literally the advice stuff came from people. We didn't ask people to write to us. They just wrote to us mm-hmm. and would start sending us their questions and it would be like really complicated, meaningful problems. And I think that's probably a role I serve in my regular life in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. too. Like maybe that comes from being in a big family, but whenever somebody's like, Oh, I can't, this thing is bothering me. I always am like, Oh, well, did you try this? Or did you try that? And I'm sure there's a lot of people that find that annoying, but I, Mm -hmm always I'm like, oh, if it can be better, then let's try and make it better. And that, so that scratched a real, and I was just very flattered that as an actor playing a character who the character is in many ways very close to my, who my mother was, at least in the mm. sort of common sensey kind of way, that it was just immensely flattering that somebody would, would like, you touched them in such a way that they felt they could feel some share something really intimate with you that they were having trouble finding 
someone to turn to right. in their life. Right. And so then it just kind of was like something I really missed that connection. And, and it's just fun. It's fun to talk about the world. It's fun to hang out with Brian. It's fun to like, you know, feel engaged in what's happening in the universe, you know, like politics, this, that just like whatever comes up. I'm sure you feel that way on your show where you're like, Oh, I have a, a way to feel connected to mm-hmm. other people totally. and, and part, like part of what's happening. So when you give advice mm-hmm. as Rana, correct. Is that Jessica's advice? <sighs> no, it really isn't. I know that sounds crazy. Um, honestly, it's such a weird thing. Um, and of course there's a lot of, uh, overlap in how we think. <laughs> um, but there is a like wisdom that Rana has that I, I'm not saying I don't have that in my own life, but I probably wouldn't foist it upon everyone I meet. Mm-hmm. Like, because of the setup of the way the thing is, um, like somebody, somebody, sometimes people say, oh, Ron is so judgmental. Da, da, and it's like, you asked. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like somebody wrote in and said, what's your opinion? I'm giving you my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so there, there is, in some ways, it's much more black and white. Right. Um, but yeah, I really do. I don't, I couldn't tell you how the computer works. Like I really could not <laughs> tell you. But I really do try to think of it from the perspective of a person who has lived a longer life than me. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not a mother, but I give parenting advice all the, all the time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds crazy and like, who the fuck am I to give parenting advice? But I feel like it's Rana giving parenting advice. Mm-hmm. And like, it's one of the things that I find, it's a sort of an intangible thing to talk about. But what I was saying about feeling connected to the world I find that when I am being Rana, I am synthesizing a bunch of information that I didn't even necessarily know I was taking it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like someone's when someone asks your opinion on something and then you give it, you have to like synthesize an art. You have to you have to stop, think about all of your experience in life plus whatever is germane to the question. And then you kind of synthesize that thing. But for me, it's always totally specific to how the person asks the question and what's Mm -hmm. in the letter. And so, I mean, this sounds so crazy and boring and whatever, but it just, I don't feel like I give the exact same advice as Rana. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, overlap, but I think Rana is speaking of from a position of a person who has seen it and done it. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen it all and done it all. So there is some weird kind of channeling thing that goes on. And so maybe I'm kind of channeling my mother in a way, but I am, sometimes I listen back, you know, I have to listen to the podcast to edit it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of sometimes like, wow, that's really good advice. (laughs) But I'm always like a little surprised, like, because I don't always remember what I said after, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of just happens. But that's also the joy. That's honestly one of the things that really like, lights my brain up about performing because when you, when you either do improv or, or something that happens while I live live performing is that the computer has to like reach into the Ram at the same time that it has to like 
put together a, a algorithm for what's going to happen next. And you have to be in the moment listening to the other person that you're talking to. And so that is like such an awesome use of mm-hmm. all of these different components of your brain, which luckily I've learned to do over many years of training as an improviser, but I find it very exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's even more exciting when you're doing it live and you can feel like what the audience is responding to and not responding to. And I'm sure somebody's listening to this and is like, that's not how I experienced what I saw you on stage. I thought you were a hack, but you know. <laughs> so have you done- Fair enough. So Ask Rana with Brian Toffee. Yeah. Um, that's been around for two months now. Ask Brian with, with Rana and Brian in parentheses is the full title of the show. Say it again. Ask Rana with Rana parentheses and Brian. <laughs> I love <laughs> is that. the full title of the show. It's been a podcast for two months. Have you already done live shows? We have, I have done dates with throwing shade yes. a few times where they've been ridiculously generous and have had me on their show um, a few times. And I always have such a good time with those guys. And so what we do is we do, they do their show mm-hmm. and then um, we do like an advice segment and the audience comes up from to the mic and asks questions. And so this was really born out of, mm. we had done advice on Ronan and Bev. Then I did a little on their show. And then this was kind of the logical continuation of that. So we have not done a um, just ask Ron a live show yet, but you're a plan. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to do that. I haven't done as much live performing in the last couple of years and I definitely miss it. And how did you and Brian meet? Brian was a super fan. <laughs> kind of. Um, no, we, we just met in LA in the comedy community. And I think he, I think he was definitely a Rana and Bev listener. Mm-hmm. So, cause which has been amazing. Cause he, he remembers a lot of, you know, like he can just, he knows what I'm talking about in right. Rana's life. Um, but yeah, we were just in just people from comedy that around kind of thing. And he was at funny or die for a while. And you know, just met him around kind of thing. He's a delightful human being, as you as you well know. He's the best. A true talent. Um, I feel very, very lucky that I get to spend time with him and hang out with him and like genuinely, he really tickles me. So mm-hmm. it is also fun to have like a date, a regular date where you know you're going to laugh. Like, right. Oh my God. Like what else is there? You know? I know. Like if someone could just make you laugh a little, it's hard to get especially when you're in comedy it's you'd think like oh comedians are just running around laughing all the time it's like almost no one makes you laugh right so you have to be to be tickled feels very like it makes you feel very young and that's something about it's genuine throwing shade if i'm ever i'm not full disclosure i'm not a frequent podcast listener yeah um but when I'm, if I'm ever feeling blue, if I put on Throwing Shade or Rana and Beverly or Ask Rana, those those are shows that like instantly re- make me remember that life can be light and silly. I think that I feel totally the same way about not my own show. I mean, <laughs> about myself. About myself. And I just put on my own shows when I want to feel. No, but there are just certain things that. And I, honestly, like that is my hope is that because we talk about all kinds of stuff and a lot of it's heavy mm-hmm. but also brian is really fun hopefully i'm fun we have fun together so it's kind of like you just know it's nice to be reminded that 
even in like the darkest moments, there's always going to be something that's funny right? or that you can laugh at or that you can poke fun at. Like, otherwise, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And that is the greatest feeling to me. You know, I always feel like we have these really serious questions, but that we're, Brian and I are not going to just be over earnest and take you completely seriously. Mm -hmm. Part of the fun of being Rana and being like a little bit of a fascist is to have the license when people write in and are taking themselves too seriously or are very clearly the problem themselves or whatever it is to be able to be like, wait a minute. Okay. So you're saying you assisted it. Well, what are you keeping track of what she's spending for? You know, and it's like, <laughs> right. if you write in, you are putting yourself up for like complete scrutiny. And that's just fun because like calling people out on their shit, like what are we doing? This mm. is what we have. There's so there isn't enough, enough of that. As long as it's done in a loving I think we still always try to tune into like what the problem is for because because people write in because they're having difficulty, but sometimes you're the problem, <laughs> or like or you're or most of the time you are the you know like I won't say you're the problem. You always have a stake in it. Mm -hmm. So even if someone else is literally like toilet papering your papering your house every night, the way that you're dealing with it needs to be addressed in some way. Like you ha are responsible for trying to make your life less complicated or simpler in some way, or like taking yourself out of a problem. And sometimes people just love to like live inside of the drama of a problem. Do you read or does Rana read self-help? No. So where does your wisdom or hers come from? Nature. Truly. I think mimicry mm -hmm. on some, I mean, it's funny you asked about my mother, like that I would say is the thing, like that's like the witch skill that I inherited from her. Like just know it, size, being, being able to like see patterns of behavior or understanding people's motivations or, or like, well, you could do that again, but mm -hmm. it's going to have the same result, you know, like that right. kind of stuff. Um, Probably, I guess I, I, I think you come here with like a certain operating system mm -hmm. and then you can either like optimize that operating system or not. Um, it's talent, it, like a talent, mm -hmm. you know, some people are athletically very gifted, but if they don't like go out and, you know, practice every day, they're never going to be a high performance athlete. Mm -hmm. And that's fine too. Like maybe you just like to jog or whatever, you know, everybody's kind of built for something. And I think probably I came here with a certain kind of brain that's probably good at like, you know, putting round pegs and round holes and square, you know, like that, just like, oh, I could play memory for, mm -hmm. you know, for 40 years or something. Um, but then probably you're a sponge in some way. And so, mm -hmm. and I have a very, it's funny, my memory now, it's, it's, I used to have an incredible memory. I have a lot of recall for things, mm -hmm. but when I'm doing Rana, there's stuff that I haven't thought of in literally 25 years and someone will say something and it triggers just some dark corner of my memory and that I'm like, oh yeah, uh-huh. Well, that's like the time that this such, such and such happened and you just remember a story. And that is like this incredibly pleasurable experience. Um, because I think my 
childhood was colorful. Like I mm. grew up around a lot of colorful characters, but people that I haven't thought that I don't think about on a daily basis. So it's this weird like time machine thing that happens. Right. But I would say that probably I came here with a certain kind of brain and then I watched my mother who had a similar kind of brain, like, you know, how does a whatever, like line cub learn how to eat a carcass? Like, where do you start? Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of like watch from you, you do from watching. So right. probably all of that developmentally was very important. And my dad is very funny and also very insightful in his own way about like getting to the heart of a joke mm-hmm. or the heart of a, like, what are we really talking about in mm-hmm. a sto- in a news story or in a, you know, like, sure, he doesn't want to do this. And you're like, oh yeah, that's all it is. Right. Like we could say a million things or we could just say like, yeah. So he, so he doesn't want to, so he didn't want to go. So he didn't go. And you're like, oh yeah. Like, so Which cutting, is very Jewish in a way too, you the know, part of it. Yeah. Where you're like, that's also, I think a lot of Jewish humor too. And maybe you feel the same way yeah. where it's very observational and it's very like cut to the chase mm-hmm. about things where you're like, you asked her to go. She said, no, what else do you want to know? Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't know. I want to know why, or I want to know. And you're like, well, she isn't going. You right. know what I mean? And it's like, it's funny. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's reductive right. in some way. It actually, that always, always growing up. That bugged always, the shit out of you. And, yes. you, and now you love it. <laughs> yeah. It bugged the shit no, out of me when my dad would do that. Cause I'm like, you're like, it's, but I am living my own unique life, dad. Yes. <laughs> and, and it is very annoying when you're a younger person because yeah. you're not at, a, you're not at that stage of right. life yet. Everything is new. So all the information you're like, why would you just say that? You don't even know her. Yeah. You don't even know exactly. her. You don't know him. You don't and know. It's his... like, no, I know people. Right. That's yeah. what he would say. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he would say. But I know, but now we're like old enough to know people. Yeah. You know what I no, mean? No, I know. Well, that's the thing is like that's as an adult, it's... it's like, oh, he was right about every, all that stuff, but I still had to make my own dumb mistakes myself. We, this is the way. But that's the difference between like, yeah, Rana has already like, though, has figured out what she thinks about things and like, I have not necessarily. Right. But somehow I don't, I honestly, I'm sure I've just bored people to that. I'm not entirely sure how it works. But she does have her own opinions. I don't think you. I don't think you. And she anyone. does often stay in more expensive hotels than I stay. <laughs> but I, not all. But not always. <laughs> I'm on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Allison Rosen, and one of the perks is that people can send in questions for the guest, and oh, they will jump. To did the anybody head. send one? They did. So that's why I want to. Uh, we have a little jingle. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Here we go. Michaela Finneran says, I absolutely loved the Eight Days of Ronica episode. Oh, Ask Rana, what is your you. favorite gift you've ever received? Ooh. Well, this is a bad answer, but it's not my favorite gift. I, okay. Okay. Either a Garfield stuffed animal when I was for my ninth birthday, which I was just oh that was one of my favorites. I got also uh, my aunt who was not a nice person but was an incredible gift giver. Um, once used to give amazing gifts, and she once brought me one of those Hello Kitty. It was like I think it was ten dollars, and it was like a Hello Kitty grab bag, and it was just like the perfect thing. I would think mm-hmm. I was like seven, and I was like, oh my, like 
pencils and stickers <laughs> and a pencil kit. You know, it was like more all Hello Kitty all the time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my fella is a very, very good gift giver. And a very, which is an incredible quality yeah. and a very generous gift giver. And he's an impossible person to buy for. This is such a like basic bitch answer, but he gave me an iPhone. I had the first iPhone mm-hmm. and I was, and I like gadgets and stuff like that. And I, he, he gave it to me. I don't know why he gave it to me in the parking lot under the man's Chinese theater. When we were going to see a movie, we were there with, um, Justin Kirk is a very good friend of ours Mm -hmm. and he was literally on like our first date with us and then (laughs) in our house the first night we moved in and the first time I cooked for Ron like he just somehow has been at all of these firsts Mm -hmm. and he was there when I got this iPhone and to this day Rollin is always still like he'll give me something he'll be like it's not like when I gave you the iPhone. Like I just like really lost my mind for some reason over this iPhone. I probably should have said like, you know, the gift of friendship. No, I I like that. Lindsay Bunnell says, uh, well, she wants, she says, I love both Jessica and Rana. She wants to know how you met Brian, but we talked about that. So I'll move on to her second question. I've heard her on bitch sesh, which city would Rana fit best on as a housewife and which city would Jessica fit best on? Oh, Rana, New York. Um, though the idea of Rana having to hang out with any of these people is <laughs> horrible. Um, the, the Brian once asked me who would I want to have? Uh, who would Rana once Brian once asked Rana mm. who she would want to have dinner with mm-hmm. on the Housewives, and I said that. Or Rana said, I see I'm getting confused, <laughs> but Rana said she would want to have dinner with Nini oh. because Nini would be fun. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you would think Rana would have more in common with like Lisa Vanderpump or something, but really, what are you going to talk to Lisa Vanderpump? Lisa right. Vanderpump's funny. She is legitimately funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she's quick, very witty, but like, what Do are we going to talk about? you know her in real life or is that no. based on the show? No, okay. just based on the show. But like, yeah. what are we going to talk about? Like her pink Rolls Royce? Right. But, um... I think that, yeah, I think, I think New York, I guess, is where she would fit in the best, though I always have to laugh because I feel like none of those women, if you know real New Yorkers, and Rana often talks about her friend Elaine, her very good friend Elaine Goodman, as in Bergdorf, um, a real New York society woman is just so many echelons above any of the women on these shows. So I don't think Rana would deign, but in terms of like living her life every day, New York. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, I think it would be the most fun probably to be on Atlanta. Mm. Um, New York would probably fit the best with me in terms of like the content that you want you know, send me to an event to talk shit about somebody and then to have a couple drinks and then bump into somebody else. You know what I mean? Like in LA, it's like so spread out and the vibe is so slow. And like, I enjoy Beverly Hills, but I don't think I would be deeply entertaining on Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills is more like, it's more like about enjoying people being passive aggressive and and talking around each other. Mm -hmm. And New York, you get to kind of be like, you get to like talk shit. And Mm -hmm. I think that that would be, um, that would be the premium content you'd want to get from me. And lastly, <laughs> this is a shit talker. Whitney C says, Whitney Cummings wrote in. That is, it's a different Whitney C. How this do we know? Cause I can see her little photo. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. 
What was, by the way, Whitney C writes in with these amazing questions and all of a sudden, I'm sorry, Whitney C, last night I was like, does she have a book of questions? Is she getting these from somewhere or is she coming up with her own? Question book. She Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, or Googling questions Ooh. and then like she seems searching have, and replacing. Maybe she, she has a Mad like Libs. An endless supply of She can't be that curious. Because as an interviewer, I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't even think of these questions. Okay. What was happening when her heart was beating the fastest or hardest it's ever beat? That's a stupid question. Whitney, I'm sorry. Was that Rana or Jessica? That's me. <laughs> That's a dumb ass question. No, I think that is from a question book. I do. Okay. Um, what does that mean? Well, what's a time that your I heart know. was just oh, beating when really I was hard? In love and my heart skipped a beat, or when a, it could be a nervous or when time. I had you were a, nervous, had a panic attack, or yeah, which um, one of those? It was a beat <laughs> fastest. All of those um, are good, perfect answers. Uh, okay, I'm try. I can't think of a specific event, but I get very excited to meet certain animals. <laughs> I mean, I just do. Yeah, animals are incredibly exciting. Like when a like probably every time I meet a puppy, like mm. your heart just like leaps out of your body, right? And you can't, you can't, you just can't control it. Mm-hmm. You have to move your body as close to that creature as you possibly can. Yes, I did meet Crystal the monkey from Friends once. Marcel. Oh, wow. And that the was, one that got fired for pooping on set or something. Uh, did Crystal get fired from friends? This is played Marcel played, played Marcel played Ross's monkey. As far as I know, she never yeah. got fired. Did she? I thought, but you know, monkeys do shit in their hands and throw it at people. Yes. I saw it's this thing happen they at the do. zoo. You at did, the so throw, LA's. Who do you throw it at? Or she, they threw it at the people or at each other. Oh no, I'm sorry. They were eating poop. That's yeah, what they were doing. Dogs eat poop. That's what happened. They one of them reached behind his butt, um, and then pooped into his hand and ate it. And I thought, oh, he's going to fling it at us because I've heard that this is what they do. Yeah. But then he just brought it around and had a snack. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's efficient. Assuming <laughs> assuming there's any nutrients left. Right. In it. I met Crystal the monkey. Speaking of Nickelodeon, where I worked, I was working at the Kids Choice Awards. Crystal was a guest. She um. She groomed my arm. Oh. You know, like started looking for bugs or whatever they do, oh. which is like, you know, and that was incredible. That my heart was racing then. So wow. I, I take back what I said that about was a good answer. Whitney C having a dumb question. Jessica, it was so nice having you on the show. And they don't even know that we hung out for like an hour and a half I before know. the show started. I which know. really made, was so wonderful to get to spend so much time with we you. We have to do it again. I would love I it. I know, you guys, there was a whole show before the show that it you was, didn't get to hear. And you're not gonna. No. You're just not gonna. And you kind of had a heart out and now we're past it. And I'm very sorry for that. Well, it's okay. Now I have to go to a friend of mine's mother's birthday, which is an art class. Ooh. That sounds horrible to me, but I do love these people. Um, so I gotta, I don't, you know, sometimes you just like people, you'll do whatever they kind of art are you going to do? Well, I'm not going to do any art. I mean, I'll probably just talk through the whole thing Mm. and God, you know, I'm that kind of student who just (laughs) just wants to talk, make joke, crack jokes, hopefully. Tell everyone, uh, plug, plug your plugs. Okay. So ask Rana is ask Rana on Instagram and on Twitter. We're pretty active on Instagram, um, and Twitter too, but Twitter 
is whatever. Yeah. Um, and the show comes out every Tuesday. It's wherever you get your podcasts. And I, I don't know. I just love it. I hope people will listen to it and they'll subscribe to it. And then of course I hope they'll review it and I hope they'll rate it and whatever they do. Um, and then in terms of my own life, um, I don't know, nothing too exciting going on right now other than I'm just super, I'm super into the podcast right now. Perfect. I'm sure I'll pop up on one of your screens. One of those many shows. Yes. Uh, Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Rosen. And I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm also on Cameo. Uh, Oh, yeah. Go to you're liking that. Um, I will. I'm liking it actually. Yeah, they reached out to me a few times. They're like, we keep getting requests for you. So then I signed up, and it was just crickets for the longest time. I'm like, I, <laughs> all you're these like people, bullshit. Yeah. I call bullshit on this. Exactly. But then I think eventually. Greg and I just mentioned, because he's on it too, mentioned uh-huh. it enough on Childish, and I lowered my price enough that now the the requests are trickling in. They were, they were trickling a little heavier. We're now it's slowed down. You're not, we're not keeping anything where you say that you lowered your price. No, I, I, I don't. I don't I you don't mind edit. telling the people? I don't mind. No. You're so fun. They should come to Cameo and get a Cameo. What could be more fun than getting a message from Allison Rosen? I don't know. A blast. That's right. Go to AllisonRosen.com for anything else you might anything be looking for. Anything you could for. possibly need. That's right. Thank you so much for being Thank on the show. Thank you for having this was me. Really this was really fun. a pleasure. Listeners, I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time. But now we gotta go Yeah, Allison Rosen Here's your new best